Before we jump into this cryptid documentary about the Camazots, I want to take a moment to thank my good friend T.W. Grimm for helping me write and research this, and also my good friend Joey Sorless for helping me edit the audio and the video for this. Thank you guys so much. I hope you guys enjoy this in-depth look at the Camazots. Long before the Spanish conquistadors ever set foot in the region that would eventually become the country of Guatemala, a Mayan people known as the Quiche were one of the dominant cultures of the Guatemalan Central Highlands. Their influence extended as far as Antigua and into the coastal areas of Esquintla. In modern times, it has been estimated that roughly 1 in 10 Guatemalans is of Quiche descent, a testament to the prolific and enduring presence of this ancient culture. The known history of the Quiche starts with a 13th century invasion by a number of Toltec Mayan warlords from the Yucatan. Prior to their arrival, human habitation in the central highlands mostly consisted of small villages, existing in peaceful harmony with one another. As the Toltec warlords conquered new territories and fought to extend their sphere of influence, the pre-existing indigenous populations were absorbed into a new cultural network of opposing factions, including the Quiche and their bitter rivals, the Quechicao Empire. Tensions over claims to arable land ran high as the fledgling kingdom struggled to feed an over-increasing population. The idyllic villages gave way to larger, heavily fortified settlements, and the old way of life was lost to time. The Quiche Empire was very prominent in this new political landscape, and their cultural influence swept across the highlands and beyond. The Mesoamerican gods of the marauding Toltec armies were incorporated into the religious beliefs of the Quiche, who proceeded to spread this hybrid of cultural lore far and wide. A defining narrative chronicling the story of the Quiche people was penned by a Mayan author in a document known as the Popova, or the Book of the People, written in the Quiche language between 1554 and 1558. The Popova tells the story of their creation, the exploits of the protagonists known as Mayan hero twins, and general history of the Quiche people. The Book of the People mentions a bat god, Carcamazots, whose name literally translates to Death Bat. Camazots is a horrifying entity that can best be described as a humanoid, leaf-nosed bat from hell. He is often depicted with a dagger in one hand, and a human heart in the other. It has been speculated, Camazots is the Quiche version of the older bat god that was worshipped by the Zopotec death cult. The Zopotecs dwelled mostly in the southern Mexican state Oaxaca, where they likely witnessed hordes of bats flying out of the sacred cenotes at dusk. The Zopotecs associated bats with darkness, death, and sacrifice. Camazots plays a pivotal role in the Popova. It is depicted as a multitude of bat-like monstrosities who inhabit the underworld. During their adventure in the underworld, the Mayan hero twins are forced to spend the night inside the House of Bats, where they sleep inside them, blowguns for protection against the bloodthirsty Camazot's inhabitants. The bats fall silent to trick the twins into believing the sun had finally risen, thus ending their night of terror. But when one of the heroic brothers pokes his head outside to confirm that all is well, he is promptly decapitated by one of the lurking bat creatures. The Camazots 
carried away the severed head to the ball court of the gods, where it was used as a ball during their next match of a brutal sport known as the Mesoamerican ball game. Kamazots appears again in Part 3, Chapter 5 of the Povova, this time as a humanoid with a head like a bat. He acts as a messenger from the underworld, brokering a grisly deal between the Kiche and Lord Tohil, the god of sun, fire, war, and sacrifice. At the end of the negotiations, humankind promises their armpits and their waist in exchange for the gift of fire, a symbolic blood pact that mirrors the real-life human sacrifices that were regularly made to appease the gods. Blood was believed to be rich meal for the gods, and the sacrifice of a human was an ultimate offering. Many important Maya rituals would end with human sacrifice. High-ranking prisoners of war were often hapless victims, whereas captives of lesser status were mostly used for labor. Their blood was considered weaker and generally unsuitable for such an exalted purpose. Like many legendary creatures, Kamazots was likely inspired by something that actually existed in the real world at some point. In this case, the culprit may have been Desmodus Draculae, the largest species of vampire bat to ever exist. They were up to 30% larger than the modern-day Desmodus specimens. With a wingspan of 20 inches or more, these bloodthirsty critters inhabited large areas of South America, the Caribbean, and Mexico, first emerging back in the Pleistocene epoch and very possibly surviving all the way up until the 16th century Upon their discovery, these hulking specimens were added to the Desmodus genus of blood-drinking bats and Christian Draculae. In honor of Count Dracula, the greatest human vampire, not only was this species both the largest vampire bat and geographically linked to the Camazot's legends, but their facial features were very similar to carvings and other depictions of the legendary bat god. It wouldn't be much of a stretch to the imagination that the ancient Proto-Mayan people would mistake these enormous, blood-drinking bats for literal demons from the underworld. The end of the mighty Kiche Empire, and by extension, Kamazots and all the rest of their gods loomed darkly on the horizon with the arrival of the Spanish conquistador, Hernan Cortes. His men captured the Aztec capital of Tenochtitlan and began looking to expand their reign beyond the city walls. Two years later, Cortes employed the services of Pedro de Alvarado to embark on a fact-finding mission in Guatemala. He brought 120 horsemen, 300 soldiers, and 200 Mexican warriors along with him. Alvarado was a notoriously sadistic man who had helped massacre the Aztecs a few years earlier. As he made his way towards the highlands, he met the Quiche in battle near the present-day city of Quetzaltenango. As news of the approaching Spanish war machine spread across the land, the Quiche tried to form alliances with neighboring tribes, but they were unsuccessful in this venture. They were doomed to face the ruthless Spanish forces on their own. Alvarado claimed his troops clashed with 30,000 Quiche warriors on the battlefield. According to legend, Alvarado fought their leader during the battle and cut him down. The fight concluded with a decisive Spanish victory, and they burned the Quiche capital city 
to the ground. This crippling defeat and the sweeping plague of smallpox and other European diseases the Spaniards had spread along their march brought the once powerful Quiche to their knees. Their centuries-long domination over the central highlands was over, and their cultural influence was soon replaced by that of their conquerors. The Maya religion became dormant under the brutal suppression of the new ruling elite. The old ways were largely forgotten until the early 1700s when a Dominican friar developed an interest in the Popova. Believing it to be both an interesting and important historical document, he decided to translate it into Spanish, a difficult and painstaking process. First, he wrote down the original story in the Quiche language, spelling the words out phonetically with Latin and para characters. After this was accomplished, the friar started another column beside the Quiche script in Spanish, arranging the text in this manner for easier and more accessible reading. The original document has been lost and rediscovered multiple times in the past 300 years, most recently popping up in 1941 at the Newberry Library in Chicago, Illinois. A direct edition of the manuscript was published because of this discovery, making way for many more reprints, translations, and new editions in later years. With the Popova now accessible to the public, there was a renewed interest in Mayan traditions, history, and legends, including the fearsome bat god, Kamazots. The fang-toothed deity has captured the attention of modern-day creative minds, recently being incorporated as one of the giant monsters in the King Kong-inspired line of movies and graphic novels known as the Monsterverse. Kamazots is also the name of a faraway planet in the famous young adult science fiction novel, A Wrinkle in Time. In both the 1962 novel and subsequent film adaption, Kamazots is the home planet of It, a malignant and powerful entity that seeks to gain control of the entire universe. The Bat God Kamazots has been a long-enduring legend, terrorizing the imagination of humankind for close to a thousand years. Both an underworld messenger and a hitman of the gods, Kamazots continues to fascinate people with its violent imagery and ferocious appearance. Despite the best efforts of the conquistadors to snuff them out forever, the traditions and folklore of the Quiche live on to this very day. In fact, you could go online right now and buy an edition of the Popova from a number of vendors. The fact that this ancient text has been repeatedly lost and then rediscovered on multiple occasions since the 17th century is both a testament to the fascinating story of the Quiche people and a marvel of wildly random good luck. It's almost uncanny how the original text kept resurfacing after long periods of being lost. In fact, it almost makes you wonder if Kamazots himself may have been exerting his influence from the darkest depths of the underworld. Thanks for watching this in-depth and fun documentary on the Kamazots, The Death Bat. I hope you guys enjoyed this, and if you did, please hit that like button as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this video gets, the more YouTube promotes it to fresh new eyes, and I'd love for new people to learn about the Kamazots. I do apologize for butchering the language. I did my best, and hopefully it was good for you guys, and hopefully you guys learned something new today. If you have a cryptid that you would like me to do an in-depth look at in the future, be sure to comment it down below. 
I'd love to see what cryptids you guys would like to see me talk about. If you're interested in seeing more documentaries similar to this one, check out my official cryptid documentary playlist. I've covered all kinds of cool cryptids that you may not have heard of before. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us? Hit that subscribe button and turn on notifications to never miss a new video as I upload them nearly every single day and all things natural and supernatural. If you have a scary story that you would like to share in a future video, whether it be an encounter with a cryptid or something different, send it in at swampdweller.net. I'd love to share it on my podcast in the future. If you guys are on the go and don't have YouTube Premium, but would still like to listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories wherever you go, you can download them absolutely free from iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and just about everywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. If you would like to support the Swamp outside of hitting that like button, subscribing, and giving us a five-star rating on iTunes, maybe check out the merch store. I've got t-shirts, hoodies, and more, and I'd love to see you guys wearing some cool Swamp threads. Join me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and I'll see you guys soon with another creepy video.